0: What's going on? It's your boy, baby Paul E.K.B. take your pick of what it's saying. Make sure you stay tuned to the Urban Music Report channel. Stay connected. Keep it locked right here.
1: Stay
2: connected at urbanmusicreport.com for the hottest music features and videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at urbanmusicreport.com. Stay connected.
3: Hi, I'm Troy Nicholson, and welcome to Urban Influencers. Superstars from the world of entertainment were the major influencers of the past decade. But today, the urban influencers have millions of viewers, millions of followers. They are earning millions of dollars, and they're working in a global environment. Joining us today, one of the influencers who has worked with Kanye West, Fat Joe, numerous artists. I'd like to introduce you to Baby Paul, music producer. Welcome to Urban Influencers.
0: Thank you for having me. What's up, Joy? Blessings, King. Oh, thank you very much. Thank yeah, you very I much. Left you, left you
3: real fresh, brother. Okay. <laughs> Nas Stillmatic, Platinum Album. Yes, sir. AZ Asiatic, Gold Album. Mm-hmm. DJ Clue, Professional Part 3, released by Rockefeller Records, mm-hmm. Gold Album. Yes, sir. Angie Stone, Flip Mode Squad Album, mm-hmm. Gold Album. Don Cartagena mm-hmm. by Fat Joe. Gold al- album, featuring my world with Big Pun.
0: Yeah man, classic.
3: Born in Harlem, raised in Brooklyn.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh man, it's been a blessing to still be in this business, you know, um, I started my career around 1995 with the Beatminer. miner shout out to Evil D, Mr. Wall. They're responsible for legendary hip-hop artists like Black Moon and Smith & Wesson, you know what I mean? So. I worked on those first three albums. That was the start of my career. I kind of like did like, like some behind the scenes um, co- contribution to the first Black Moon album and to the stage that had classics like "Who Got the Props?" and "I Got You Open" and Buck "Buck 'Em Down." And then I got the opportunity to work with Smith and West on their first album, "The Shining." Um, I did "Recognize," which was one of their singles. Um, another song called "Home Sweet Home," and you know. To me, it's like it was just classic Brooklyn hip-hop for that time in the 90s. You know, like, I, I started my career in the 90s, and I'm blessed to say I'm still around working, so you know, I can't complain.
3: Uh, Kanye West, can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, shout out to Kanye. I actually worked with him on a, a single like very early in the start of his career, right before his first album came out. Uh, my good friend, Consequence, who's from Queens, um, was a, a co- collaborator of Kanye for years. He's actually worked with Kanye on his new album. And um, he worked for a lot on that first album and we did a record together called Turn Yourself In that was released on an independent label called ABB Records out in LA. And it was right around the time when Kanye was doing his mixtape run on Rockefeller before his first single Through The Wire came out. So it was like a, right in that the cusp of him breaking as a, a breakthrough hip hop artist. So I'm, I'm blessed to say I got the chance to work on him. The last time I seen him was when he was touring uh, the glow-in-the-dark tour with uh, uh, Rihanna and N.E.R.D. Pharrell Williams and such. And we ran each other, to each other backstage, it was real cool.
3: So you've been so you've been traveling around the world, you've been to Japan, you've been to London. Uh, can you tell us about those worldwide influencing experiences?
0: Absolutely, I um, had the blessed opportunity to work with hip-hop legends main source who are from the 90s era as well. They, they came out with classic hits like Look at the Front Door, Just Hanging Out, uh, Friendly Game of Baseball, one of their biggest records was uh, on the White Men Can't Jump soundtrack. Um, uh, Gosh, it's escaping my mind, the the song title, Faking the Front, excuse me. So, um, got to work with them. When they did a resurgence of their career, doing a reunion tour in 2017 and 2018, so I got the opportunity to go to Japan with them. I went to parts of Europe, you know, Italy, uh, London, uh, Switzerland it was amazing, you know, like it's it's what's great about hip hop music culture is that it's it yes it's worldwide but it's like it, it it spans all genres, it spans all races and cultures, you know what I mean? So it's like amazing to see a sea of people coming out to see these shows of all nationalities, not just black people. We're talking about white folks, you know, Asian folks, you know uh, it's it's beautiful, you know, and, and, and for me, the experience of being able to share music and network with, with promoters and the fans, you know, it's been a blessing.
3: The age groups that you are targeting are?
0: I would say it ranges from like maybe 15, 16, all the way up to 35 or 40, because if you make great hip-hop music in particular, uh, it kind of like transcends age groups. You know, like if, if there's a certain level of quality in, 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 with an entertainment value, a certain level of substance in terms of the lyrical content that can be inspiring and empowering. You know, you're gonna inspire the young kids who are in high school, going to college, then you're gonna get the, uh, the people who grew up on certain hip-hop over the years, because I think hip-hop is just it is in its 40s now. It started in the 70s, officially, and now it's in its 40s. You know, it's been four decades in since it's been existing as a genre, so uh, I feel like if you, if you build a following and you make quality music that people keep up with, you know, from younger to older, they're going to follow the work.
3: Which age groups have the most influence on hip-hop today?
0: Well, I would say it's, 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 it's technically a young man's game. It starts, like, as far as the people that are contributing to it, that are on a mainstream level, and I'm, I'm going to be specific about that, because there's grassroots artists and what they call subculture artists that exist that are older, and they're still touring the world like how I mentioned main source, they're, they're grown men. But they're still touring the world performing great hip hop music and they have a fan base. But in terms of on a mainstream level, it's mostly the you know, the twenties, the eighteens, the nineteens, early to mid twenties, you know, like that's what's put out in the forefront in terms of on a corporate level. And, you know, once they get older, you know, unless they maintain a certain level of presence or following, you know, then it becomes the next younger person to come in. You know what I mean? But I feel like if you do make great music, you can stand the test of time. People like Jay-Z have proven that, you know what I mean? He's been around since the 90s, and he has a, a wide demographic of people who know him as an artist and for his music, you know, young and old.
3: Of today's artists that we have, some of them are getting older, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're still relevant. Right. Uh, which, which artists would you say are moving up in age and might be passing through the ranks?
0: You know, it's funny that you say that, because, you know, being a producer behind the scenes, I've gotten to watch artists start out, build their careers, get older, watch new artists come in, and because of the lot of work I'm in, I get to work with the younger cats, and sometimes I get to work with the cats that have been around for a little while. So, to answer that question, I would choose people that are on a mainstream level, that if I say their name, you're going to know what I'm talking about, Uh, someone like 50 Cent. Even someone like Nicki, who's getting a little older now. I mean, she's not in her 40s, but she's definitely in her 30s. You know and She's been around, but like, close to what? I don't know if close to eight to 10 years. Kanye has been around for a little while. You know what I'm saying? But they're still relevant. They're still making great music. Of course, Jay, you know what I mean? Nas, been around, you know what I mean? But still doing his thing. Where does
3: Jay Cole fit in?
0: I would say Jay Cole. He's about 30, right? I would say J Cole's just <laughs> passing the younger generation. Like I don't know if he's thirty or early thirties yet. He might be twenty. Yeah, oh, he's
3: twenty. Know. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry, J Cole. If that's <laughs> the case,
0: then Cardi B, who's more than twenty five, and there's no disrespect there. Okay. You know, she, she's a, she's a, she's a young lady, but she's she's getting older. So I give her another two three years, and she'll fit into the ranks of what you're referring to. You know. So, but yeah, J Cole, classic artist already. You know, he's he's already leaning towards legend status. Okay. You know what I mean? For what he's done for the game. So shout out to J. Cole. I like his new music that just came out recently too. What I like about J. Cole, not to cut, you know, what you're about to say, is that he finds a way with his artistry to balance out what I call the legend circle. That's a hashtag I post on my social media, Legend Circle, meaning the classic hip hop, the the the, the well curated, um, substantial hip hop with the younger audience that likes more you know, fun music, not as lyrical, you know what I'm saying, not as substantial, but still entertaining, you know what I mean? Like, he just put out a record with 21 Savage that everybody loved right now. Right. So, yeah.
3: The uh, age of influence, the sphere of influence, uh, what we're being told right now is the economy has a big factor oh, of yeah. influence on the hip-hop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly how do you explain it? and how does the economy fit into the music? It was just told to me today, yeah. and I wanted you to elaborate on it. I can
0: definitely that. say that because behind the scenes, being a music producer, and I also run an independent music label with major distribution through E1 Records, formerly Kats Records. So I kind of run the gamut of working with independent, you know, up-and-coming artists, mm-hmm. younger, as well as some more classic and legendary older artists. You know, like Black like, Epp, I still work with AZ, who's a legend in hip-hop, but he's more independent, you know what I mean, coming from major label or mainstream success, you know what I mean, and then going more behind the scenes, more grassroots, independent touring, still putting out music. And I would say the power of technology is how some of those artists survive. But, you know, economically speaking, you know, it's like you have to really be smart, you have to build a brand to to really exist and compete on a certain level because the major label companies are only gonna put a handful of people in your face, you know, what I mean? they're only going to spend a certain amount of money to, to keep a, a certain amount of artists in the market, mostly younger artists for that younger demographic more, more than likely on a mainstream level. But I feel like if you're smart, you can, you know, build your following up from the internet on a grassroots level if you're very strategic and understand digital marketing and brand partnerships, you can survive, you know what I mean, but it's hard. There's a lot of independent artists that are struggling, you know what I mean, but then there's some that are doing very well, you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's, it's about having a team, and it's also being smart in how you invest your, your your means to push your product. Because if you're independent, you're your own boss, so you're responsible for all, your, all the spending on the marketing and the branding, and really connecting the dots to really target the demographic you're trying to reach. And I think that's the main important thing which you pointed out is just, that audience you're trying to reach. You can't put out music and expect, on an independent level anyway, you can't put out music and expect a whole wide spectrum of people to catch it. You gotta start with a small demographic and let it blow up from there. You know what I mean?
3: Little Pump Mm -hmm. uh, has a very large influential following on the internet. Oh yeah. So how do you explain that and how does he keep those numbers up?
0: I would say uh, right along with Takashi, you know, despite his situation, you know, within a year's time, he built a strong fan base on the internet. That's
3: Takashi six nine. Right? Yes, okay, yes,
0: Takashi okay, so. six nine. Uh, I would put him and Little Pump in a similar category in terms of that viral, that viral success. Because if I'm not mistaken, Little Pump was discovered through um, was it SoundCloud? Um, what was the what SoundCloud right and. Um, you know, within a year, he's, he's got a record out with Kanye West. You know what I mean? I think he has major label push now, but in the beginning, it was viral. You know what I mean? Right. Designer was another example. He went viral off of a SoundCloud record, off of a beat he borrowed from an up and coming producer, and that's how he had a hit record. You know what I mean? It ended up getting of good music. And interestingly enough, Designer's situation is kind of weird because he got really hot and he got major label push. And then his presence didn't stick for some reason compared to when he went viral just on his own accord. So what people got to realize is that whatever you're doing to get that presence, don't stop doing that once you got people's attention. You know, Don't get lazy, don't get complacent because you have a record deal now because the corporate people, they just follow suit. They're not necessarily going to go the extra mile like you did from the bottom up building your music into the market, you know what I mean? So,
3: Keeping it going is keeping your name out there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, on you know, every level. Social media marketing, YouTube marketing, uh, making sure you have a presence in digital media, making sure you are doing shows, You know, if you can be a part of some credible promoter showcases or festivals You know, like South by Southwest, which I'm gonna participate in this year with some of the stuff I'm doing, and, and um, branding and merchandising, you know what I mean, making sure you have your merch. You know, those are all the ways you can monetize your value in the market right along with the music.
3: Hiring a PR agent?
0: Absolutely. But, I would say be smart with that because there is PR there's digital marketing. There is a difference. I can say that from experience. You know, there's PR that can get you uh, red carpet events. You know, you know, maybe a television appearance, maybe a radio station interview. Then there's digital marketing where... They're getting you the blogs and like the, the presence in digital media that cover and post content, whether it's new songs on SoundCloud, Mac, or new video on YouTube. There's some people who have a network of experience professionally that know how to get your viral presence, and then there's people who know how to get your magazines and gossip rags and newspapers. There is a difference. Print publication is a little different than digital media, so if you're going to hire someone to represent you, understand their reach and their capabilities before you retain their services. That's my advice.
3: The opportunity to stay on the right track, Mm -hmm. keep it clean, Mm -hmm. appeal to corporate America, that is one that is going to keep the money flowing? Absolutely. But is it going to keep the kids listening?
0: See, it's funny because when you ask that, I look at Chance the Rapper, and I want to say this because I like Chance the Rapper. I, I like his success. He was independent and then came up in the ranks, coming out of the Midwest from Chicago, had some backing, and he broke ground. But now I see him doing this Nacho commercial with, uh, was it, Backstreet Boys or whatever? And I was just like, no, 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 <laughs> you know? And I'm not hating, get some money, you know? But honestly, if it, on the come up, he had that same opportunity as he was just about to break. Take the check out of the picture, would you do that? Would you align yourself? Maybe you align yourself with the nachos, you know what I mean? Because you know, it's, it's an opportunity to look for brand partnership. But I think at the level of success he is, he should be more conscious of the dynamic of what he's doing on a corporate level because that stays with you You understand what I'm saying? Is, is, it, I, is it a
3: mistake or is it uh, being a sellout? For him in the
0: business, it may not seem like a mistake, but me creatively speaking, if I'm a fan of your music, I'm a fan of what you do or what you represent as an artist, I don't see the, the alliance, how that works. Like, you don't make records with Backstreet Boys. At least you didn't in the beginning. Like, how does what you do as an artist tie in with that? Am I right? Was it Backstreet Boys in the commercial? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And I, I, I'm not hating. Backstreet Boys are great pop artists, you know what I'm saying? But the way Chance made it In the market, he's not a pop star. He's a crossover successful artist, you know what I mean? And, you know, some artists will argue and say, all right, uh, I love all genres of music. I collaborate with all types of artists, which he's done. He's done Justin Bieber with DJ Khaled and all that. But I just didn't really see the relevance at this point in his career to have that type of commercial out. you know what I mean? Maybe if he did something where he had to license his own original music and did the same commercial Promoting a, a new record, you know what I'm saying, and then chewing on some chips—that probably would have been something that made, oh, I want to check that record out. But that that Backstreet Boys is an old song, and now you're using your name and brand to endorse that, so it benefits Backstreet Boys. They're going to get more tours off that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how I see it. I,
3: I heard 50 Cent say one time that uh, some artists are not able to be true to the game or true to their craft. Mm-hmm because of their uh, attachment with corporate America.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the pressure. There very few exceptions to that. I think Jay is an exception to that. I think Nas is an exception to that. I feel like they've never compromised their artistic integrity despite being able to move and shape within corporate America. Because I remember there was a time when Nas in particular didn't like to align himself with major companies. and He didn't want to endorse liquor. But over the years, he's able to do NEC deals. Know, doing, you know, brand Dorses for Hennessy, and now he has his label partnerships with Mass Appeal, and and all other things he's doing, I think, over the time, he's grown into into the business of Nas, and, and aligned himself in ways that never affect his artistic integrity, I respect that.
3: Uh, about the investment company that Nas is a part of, mm-hmm. they just made a sale for about $300 million. Yeah. No, was it, was he a marg- major owner in that? I mean, I'm just not a,
0: sure of the percentage stake in it. I, think I mean, they it say it's his of, company, but company, I'm right? just curious. I, from what I understand, is—you know—he's involved in a tech company. Then he also has an investment company where right. they are supposed to—I uh, think he's called Queensbridge Right, you know, right. They and they—they own, they own
3: um, Pluto.
0: Right, and then you know, you know, he has you know um, his endorsement deals, and then you know, of course. I'm sure he has a portfolio of all types of other things, you know, real estate, but he's doing a lot of film content, visual content and stuff like that. Like, I love what he did with uh, uh, I forgot the name of that series. it uh, was a series on Netflix. I forgot the name of it off the top of my head, but it was uh, it was a, uh, based on like hip-hop culture from the past. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, do you remember the name of it? Yeah, to Get Down. Boom. I couldn't remember the name of it. I actually took the time to watch that. I was like, this is fire. I don't know why they didn't continue it. Because they, they fictionalized stuff from the real stuff that happened in the earliest stages of hip hop culture in the seventies into the eighties, and it was just really dope, you know. And um, it was well produced too, so that's important.
3: What was it like actually working with him?
0: Man, we're both fellow Virgos, you know. So shout to Nas. He was born in the fourteenth. I was born in the seventeenth, and we're only a couple years apart in age, but. Um, uh, when I worked on Stillmatic, it was right around the time he was going through that whole thing with Jay, as we all know. Um, from, you know, Jay doing the song on a blueprint that everybody was going crazy about oh this right. and him, and then his response with Ether. So Ether was already out, and he was still working on the album, and it was just a time where he had to be mindful of his surroundings, so he had security. Like, he really had security. So even when I'm in the studio, I have to go through that process just to go in the studio to work with him, you know what I mean? And we worked on the on, on record in, actually in Times Square, at Right Track Studio, And he had recorded some of the references of the vocals for the song I produced, which is called East Bill, uh, in the Bahamas. And then we came back to New York, and that's when I got the call from the, um, the A&R rep from Sony Records. His name is Lenny Nicholson, who also worked closely with Ed Reid. And, you know, we worked on a record. I'm Troy Nicholson. You know that, right? Huh? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if y'all related. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> keep going, keep yeah. going. Yeah, <laughs> so long story short, um, uh, we worked on a record, and he had already had some of the vocals, but then he finished the vocals with me, and I sat in there and mixed it, and it came out really great. And it was an honor to be a part of that album, because that was a very, very pivotal album in his career, I think. So it's kind of very memorable. You know, like, throughout Nas' whole catalog, there's certain albums you always go back to, and I feel "Emotic" is one of them, and Stillmatic is one of them. Then maybe God's Son, and you know, I Am, which was the double, I think it was the double album. You know what I mean? The album he worked on with uh, Lumber Hill, which was one of his biggest singles. So shout out to Nas, and it was definitely an honor to work with. him. And I got to work with him again on a song with AZ, on AZ's album, on Motown, which I got a brand animation for called The Essence. So.
3: So A.Z., of course, we know who he is, yeah. uh, he's been around, um, so what's going on with A.Z. right now?
0: Actually, he's working on an uh, album called Do or Die 2, you know, he started and stopped, you know, like, he's one of those type of artists, he likes to record, then he likes to take a pause, and live a little bit, go tour, do a couple other little deals, things like that, he put out a book a couple of years ago, um, he, he has a mixtape album called Legacy that just came out recently. And um, I did a couple of records for his album that you know are yet to be released, and you know I'm sure I'm going to see him in the near future because we have a couple of records we got to work on for another project I'm doing too that I'm hoping he'll jump on. And um, uh, it's fun because no matter who I'm working with, there's certain people that you always go back to. You know what I'm saying? I I, I I'm blessed to say people like a Nas or Az, is people I can go back to no matter who I'm working with. When they're working on a record, more than likely I get a call. Or I cut a record, and I just wait to see what they decide to put out. Because sometimes, as a producer, you don't know. You can cut like five, six records, and you don't know until the whole body of work is finalized. And you are like, "All right, this is what I'm putting out." You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to that. Because you know he's got a core fan base. You know, and uh, he always you know writes on the lyrical level some of the most quality you know songs. You know, that represent hip hop culture from his time time you know, undeniably, you know what I mean, so, regardless of his levels of mainstream success, he's like a, one of those very credible hip-hop artists out of New York that people don't deny, so it's a blessing to be a part of that.
3: So, in terms of the major influencers in your life, who might they be?
0: Man, that's a good question. Would you say art, you know, music artists, or just all across the board?
3: Globally, mm. globally, Can Can I, and, I- and digital.
0: Can I start with just music producers? Okay. I'm gonna start with Quincy Jones because he's the quintessential music producer of our time, if not all times, and he's a legend. I recently watched his documentary, and as much as I know his music and his career, to learn more on a behind-the-scenes level. I sang on the
3: soundtrack of The Wiz under Quincy Jones. Wow. He He was standing right there.
0: Amazing, Quincy is, man. It would be an honor that, that I have the opportunity. I was just to, background uh, vocals, <laughs> To have the opportunity to meet him before you know anything was to happen to him, because I know he's up there in 80s, you know what I mean. But he's a great, he's one of the greatest.
3: So you um, never met him?
0: No, never met him, you know what I mean. But um, I've sampled some of his music. Actually, I produced a record for A.G. back in like 2014, 2013, called Red Magic, and I sampled Brothers Johnson. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Strawberry Letter 23, a classic. You know, you can't deny that. You know, you can Google that right now on YouTube and watch the video and be like, ooh, that's fire. That's fire. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny because I was watching a repeat on cable there of Jackie Brown. Remember that movie? Yes, of course. Quentin Tarantino? Of course. Remember that scene with Sam Jackson? He puts Beaumont in the trunk? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and he's playing the Strawberry Letter 23, man. I was watching the movie up there, I was like, Oh that's right. And I this is before I even thought of the idea to sample the record, you know what I'm saying? I remembered the movie then and forgot that I used it mm-hmm. after the fact, you know what I'm mean? saying? So that's how time Quincy's work is, man. So you know, shout out to Quincy Jones. Um uh I would say uh legendary hip hop producers like Larry Smith who produced for like my right, DMC, Houdini, like my my of years, just loving hip hop music, his work inspired me, man. Like just greatness, man. You know, understanding how to compose with you know drum machines, you know, and and, and live instruments, you know, mixed in. Cause like when MC sounds more raw, and, and and of course, you know, they started building their their, their 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 mainstream success off of like the rock edge, you know what I'm saying? But Odini was more R&B for that time, you know. So just that diversity he had then was just inspiring, and then. Uh, my immediate peers after that was like p Rock, Large Professor, Q-Tip. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, watching what they were doing in the early '90s. You know, from Main Source to Child Quest to P-Rock, C.S. Move, DJ Premier. You know what I'm saying? Gang Like that's when I was like, this is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And it was an honor to be in those circumferences as I was coming up, making a name for myself. To say that I'm acquainted with all these guys. They all know who I am. They're, they're familiar with my work. And at different points in time, they, you know, I, you know, respected my work. So to me, just to get through that phase of my career, to me, I made it. You know what I'm saying? And then to take it further, having, you know, produce a lot of legendary artists and sell some records to me is a blessing.
3: And uh, where does politics fit in with today's Woo.
0: politics? Hip hop
3: influencers.
0: Politics is usual. <laughs> yeah, man. Um it's a numbers game. I'ma start with that. I'm gonna start with that. We're in a time where even if you make great records, great music, you grinding on the internet, whatever, whatever, you might get overlooked if you're not doing numbers. And what I mean by that is your streaming numbers from Spotify to iTunes, YouTube, even your social media numbers. You know, people factor that in as a defining factor to say you have a value in the market. You know, and it's unfortunate, you know what I mean? Because now you got artists saying, yo, what can I do to get my numbers up so you can pay attention to this great music? I go through that sometimes, you know what I mean? So I feel like um, uh, that level of politics, because we're in a digital age, is one of the factors that affects uh, how powerful you can be an influencer in the market. Because there's people that are influencers just off their numbers, but they're not always great. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't need to name names. You know, they're the ones in control. They're the ones that control the dynamic because of that. As opposed to someone like, uh, let's just take, I'm going to just throw a name around here. Let's take a a Joey Badass or, you know, someone that comes from, like, you know, classic hip-hop culture. And, you know, he's doing well. But imagine if he was doing the kind of numbers that Takashi was doing Mm -hmm. when he got hot. And imagine how powerful his influence would have been just from the music you know what I'm saying? That he's doing. So, I just feel like um, once we overcome the politics of perception in this industry, because the numbers are all perception, whether it's factual, you know, actually really happening, or someone doctored it to make it look like it's happening, you know, if once, you, once we fight through those politics, you'll see more quality music hit the market in a way that it can inspire people. That's my opinion. And then, um, I would say on a corporate level, the politics of these record companies that, again, because of perception, invest in these people, as opposed to having the, some credible tastemakers, I say tastemakers, mean people who really pay attention to the culture, really pay attention to the music and the art of creating, and are saying, all right, I'm gonna take it upon myself to discover that next talent. Fuck the numbers, you know what I mean, excuse my lady. Like, I don't care if he's got a hundred thousand followers or a hundred followers his music is incredible I need to get behind that now imagine if a major label discovered artist without factoring that in you know what I'm saying in the 90s it was just about the greatness of your music that's how you got on you know what, what I'm saying? saying your real talent whether you're a lyricist or a songwriter or a producer you know you, you, you survive with the merit of the quality of your work not the numbers you know the numbers was another factor to keep you around Cause you know, then they would sign you, they would invest in you, see what you do. Cause you know, record companies are like banks. If they feel that after spending X amount of money on you, the return isn't what it should be, that's when the numbers get coming. But at least you got that opportunity. It's up to you what you do with it, right? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And trust me, many well-known artists went through that. You know, just like, I don't wanna lose my record deal, I I I I gotta put it in, I gotta work, you know what I'm saying? And, and that pressure to, quote-unquote, sell out, meaning doing music that doesn't necessarily represent you on an integral level, but just has the potential to sell. You know what I mean? There was a phase where you saw a lot of that happen, too. You know, that's where the... the uh, What's that? Vanilla Ices of the world came in back then. You know what I'm saying? And, and I stopped there. <laughs> we all know what I'm talking about. So oh. <laughs> I feel like... That's, that's the main politics that I have a, 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 a say saying, You know what I mean, it's just fight through. It's, it's great to have numbers, but also let's let's find people who have quality and also reflect those numbers. You know what I mean? And, and stop judging people based on just that, you know?
3: Is there such a thing as mumble rap? I mean, where were you? know
0: what's so funny? I feel like it was maybe, what is it, 2019 now? Maybe like 2016, 17, 15. It was a lot of that surviving heavily in the market. But now, there's only a handful of people who maintain it like that. There's a whole wave of artists now you know, that sing and have melody, but they actually have words. You know, what I mean, There's only a handful, uh, to me, from, from what I pay attention to on a mainstream level that get away with not really saying nothing. It's just a bunch of gibberish and a hot beat. You know what I mean? And I think where we're going now in the market, that's going to kind of filter out. You know, like as more and more people start coming up and putting out hot music, you know what you're saying is gonna matter more, and how you make a record is gonna matter more. I Meaning, even if it has a melody or flow, but not really strong, substantial lyrics, it still has to have something where they at least know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying?
3: And for the next uh, baby Paul, we know he's out there. Yeah. What is the first? Oh, yeah. What is the, What is the first step the next producer has to take to? get where you
0: at? Uh, I'll start with the word integrity, because my biggest fight to maintain in this business is not losing sight of what uh, got me started, which is a passion and love for the music and the art of creating you know, music that stands the test of time. You know, you know, sometimes we're in a business where we're trying to get it, that next check, uh, that next placement. What I mean by placement is that next opportunity to produce a record for that next hot artist. And just doing whatever to get the money, you know what I mean? And whatever it does, it does. Me, I want to always keep in mind that whatever I attach my name to should have some level of substance and quality. Even if there's more, something is more done for entertainment value as opposed to uplifting you, you know what mean, or empowering you or inspiring you, I still need a level of balance in there somewhere for me. So that's my advice to up and coming producers. Don't lose your integrity in the process of trying to make money.
3: Just wanted to ask you about working with 50 Cent's son Marquise, uh, and also what you're doing now, and where's your website, and what products we can buy from you.
0: Okay, definitely. Um, shout out to Marquise, you know, 50 Cent. You know, he's from he's from Queens, South Jamaica, not far from where I'm from, and uh, I met him through his mom, Shabika Tompkins, and. Um, He's been developing music for the last couple of years. He's worked with Jimmy Kendricks, a producer out of Queens also. He's worked with Murder, Inc. And um, I basically helped him mix a, a body of work that he did with some producers out in Atlanta, Miami. You know, I played like co-executive producer role, so to speak, you know, mixing a bunch of his songs. And I'm excited to see what when it comes out how people react because he's not just rapping, he has melody to his voice, which is actually pretty interesting, you know. He's definitely representing the youth within the culture in terms of his musical approach, which is dope. He's not trying to completely follow the footsteps artistically of his dad, so I, I like that.
3: Where can we go to purchase something uh, where the money is going directly in your pocket? Oh,
0: absolutely. BabyPaulMusic.com. Um, check out, uh, the, I have an independent film production uh, company with a partner out of the Midwest. Fireproof Films, you know, there's a lot of content on there. You can go to the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm also doing a collaboration album with an artist out of Detroit, affiliated with Eminem, by the name of Super MC. Together, we call ourselves Crossroads, spelled with an X. And I'm also working with uh, Internet sensation Summer Bunny, a female rapper out of Dallas, Texas, who has just been making waves in the blogs and the Hollywood media for you know some of her affiliations. You mean the
3: you mean the uh, <laughs> the alleged snack that came between. Uh, that's the Migos member in Cardi B right? that's
0: correct that's correct she has some new music out there that's just circulating and um, I'm actually playing like a co-executive producer slash a consultant for what she's doing and she's got some talent like all the media internet hype aside she actually has some talent and you know that's what I like to attach myself to so I'm excited to see how it phones look out for some of
3: okay and your website again
0: BabyPaulMusic.com. that's B-A-B-Y-P-A. P-A-B-WELL you can follow me on Instagram baby paul bpz that's b a b y p uh, a u l b p z y.
3: I'm Troy Nicholson. This has been Urban Influencers. Thank you very much for joining us today. Of course, we'll be back, and when we come back, make sure you tune in. Thank you very much. Stay connected at UrbanMusicReport.com for the
2: hottest music features and videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at UrbanMusicReport.com.
1: Stay connected.
2: Take it to the top. Yeah. That's where we at with it. Take it to the top. Just because you are a character. Don't mean you have character. We take a stock right now. You ready? Let's go. A wise man knows what he knows and what he doesn't. If he's not really sure what he's saying, he don't discuss it. A righteous man walks the earth without judgment and loves his enemies enough to deliver justice highest man relies on religion for his direction. At times he introspected, but his Bible he never question. A dying man will make a confession, try to get into heaven, thinking his lifestyle is blocking his blessing. A violent man will stock up on weapons and go to war for his. Get post traumatic stress, disorder, become an officer. A man of peace uses his words in different mediums. He'll plead for his police practice civil disobedience. An honest man knows only liars scared of the truth. Word is fine, but his actions always the proof. A faithful man never need evidence to believe. But still he gotta work for the blessings that he receives. Let's go.
0: The basement, all the nights that we were lacking those refreshments. Rain down, thunderstorm with the flows. Articulate with a bounce now, I'm back like I'm Derek Rose. Once the one on the bench with the snotty nose. Nefertiti will hold me when I were cold. Yeah. Communion Sunday, my 20s went in the ball. Forgive me, love for the with the night before.
1: Business deals in the Bentleys, I can't afford. Gotta be the example for children to do their
0: chores. Blowing weed smoke on the cover of the stores. Stones on the throne. It was the boss Fallen soldier on the own, so we march. Roll up a bag of that we Therefore, I spark. Recite Quran. I'm in the dark.
1: Devil knocking at my door. He like a knock.
2: If I started, then I see it through God is what I see in you, so you might as well believe in you Think what you see on TV true? The media deceiving you They misrepresenting, misquoting, then name misleading you Belief is a funny thing In case you want the ring, if they want the ring They coming for the throne like they the sons of kings These savage rappers is acting up for the dough Yeah, I tell you what I believe, but I back it up with what I know It's the facts versus the facsimile Your rap's killing me last victory was great moments in black history i celebrated with a bottle i just brought back from italy and some loud i got super packs like a back Hillary. lost in desire i walk through the devil's fire i inspired the resurrection of kings like hezekiah the trust you put in me to be a beast with this rhyming is where the rubber meets the road and where your faith meets science
1: let's go